folks. It's been a couple weeks and we've got a lot of news to cover. So, quick news. Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Making Fun Podcast. My name is Casey Johnson. Alongside me, as always, is my lifelong friend, my favorite homeowner at RAVN Stabmiller, Raven Stabmiller. Raven, I got it right. You got it right. Good job. So proud. And I love how you spell out Raven without the E, and then you're like, eh, they'll figure out his last name. If they type in R-A-V-N-S-T-A-D, I'm sure they'll find it pretty well. Yeah. That's like the hardest part about using my name as my at is that there's a silent T in my last name. So it makes it really difficult. Everybody's always like, how do you spell your last name? And I tell them. And they're like, S-T-A-D in my, no, 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 like, no, 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 no. There's a second T. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, while Raven's yeah. having an existential crisis. Every day. Actually, yeah. So... Existential crisis, watching the rain, you know, things yeah. could be worse, all things considered. So how have you been the last couple of weeks? Other than sharing the ample amount of gaming news, we haven't talked a ton. No, we haven't. We Last week, uh, I was just like, I've not been 100%, and I'll just be honest about it. And last week, I was like, hey, I'm having a hard time, I can't record. And you're like, cool. We'll just take it off. Yeah, I was like, I graduate college this week. (laughs) I I, I can take this off. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been fine. I've just been kind of getting stuff done around the house. Um, Getting, I I reorganized my entire office and it feels a lot better in here now, like layout wise. Mm. Um, But I've been mostly just working and just trying to just get stuff done. It's one of those things I'm stuck in the cycle of go to work. Go home, clean up the house, work on the project that you want to work on yep. at the house. Go to bed, repeat until Saturday, in which you do absolutely nothing for the whole weekend and feel lazy, and then repeat the cycle again every week. Yeah, that's that's why Except I've always been worried about like. I've always been worried about regimenting myself and scheduling things out too much because my number mm-hmm. one worry is. Oh, yes, I have 45 minutes and 12 seconds of leisure time. What will I do? Yeah. And then I'm just counting yeah. down the leisure time, and it's not leisure time. <laughs> no, no. Whenever you're, whenever you're that bad, where you're counting the seconds of leisure time that you get, you're like, oh, okay, there's something wrong with the system. I'm <laughs> yeah, you're reaching at that like, point. Yeah, it's, it's, been the, it's just been like a hard at work because we lost both of our – it used to be a team of four, and now we're down to a team of two. And so mm. me and my boss are having to, like, scramble together um, to, like, get everything done. And it's not like the theory is to the left because we were a bad place to work. In fact, uh, one of them is returning in the summer or in the fall. He's just a student, so he can't work right over the summer at a university. And then the other guy found full-time work, which I'm obviously not upset with him for, because he needs to get full-time work to get benefits because there was no traction moving with us to elevate him to full-time. Right. Um, yeah, I have just been really busy at work, but I'm taking off all next week. Um, it's the le- week leading up to Memorial week. I'm just like taking off a full, a straight, uh, what is that? Seven, 10 days in a row. Yep. Refreshing everything. 
restarting my systems. I'm going to go back into work, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and hopefully just and be you'll able to be that way for at least three to four hours. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Who needs more than that? Says yeah. the corporate overlord. Yeah. I, so I, how about you? How have you been? Oh, go ahead. I no, I was going to say I remember the first time I took a week vacation at Cracker Barrel mm-hmm. and I was like, Man, I just needed a week off and now I'm back here and I've completed my first shift back and I just need a week off. Like Yeah, exactly. No, and I'm sure that's how it's gonna be for me. Yeah. But like I haven't had you know, like the last time that I had a week off, it just went everything went catastrophically wrong just because everything fell apart right at that time. Mm. And so this time it's like an actual like, oh, I can actually just take a week off. I don't have anything scheduled or planned that I need to get done next week. Right. I'm just going to lock myself in my office and play video games for 40 hours. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm very much looking forward to. I sort of graduated from college last week. Um, mm, sort of? Yeah. That, that's, well, a, that's an interesting descriptor word you haven't told me about yet. Well, uh, here's the thing about college graduation is that do you truly graduate college at the graduation or do do you graduate when you turn in your last assignment or do you graduate on the day that all of your classes are officially over or do you not consider yourself graduated until you receive your your diploma like it's uh, whenever you turn in your last assignment. That's when you graduate. Exactly. So with that being said, <laughs> I you... sort of graduated last week. Yeah. Oh. You still have an assignment to do or? No, because I, I grad by our terms, I graduated like three weeks ago. Yeah. So. But you haven't. Okay. I attended college graduation commencement. Mm-hmm. last week and was honored with the rest of my class um shout out shout which, out to your class uh, yeah shout, shouts out to my class um hated it yeah. Ev- every second of it it, it was it was okay. so i had to be there like 2 hours early to accomplish 15 minutes worth of of work and the rest of the time was just yep. kind of milling about on my phone and then we had to mm-hmm. line up behind our <laughs> uh like our department flags and literally it was like um get yourselves into alphabetical order somehow they, what it, it was completely up to us it, to get ourselves into alphabetical order. So people were just walking around with their name cards, holding them up like we were in the first grade. It was a, it was one, I said it was one final exercise in futility before we graduated. Yeah. The education system had to let me down one last time. One last time. Um, but you guys got there. You met everybody in your class, probably, well, finally, and made sure you knew, like, all of them. No. I didn't really talk to people. Come on. Um, I don't like people, except for the ones who listen to the show. But we um, we got into alphabetical order, and then we had to just, like, stand there in alphabetical order for 25 minutes because they had allotted us a half hour to get into alphabetical order. But we're college graduates, so that didn't take as long as they figured. 
Um, right. Like, how many people could possibly be in your class? Like, like in your specific school that you're graduating from? Like, 75, 125? Yeah, exactly. And, like, also, um, we were just standing there. We were really tightly packed in. And I'm just thinking, God, I just, just let us go sit down. I'll wait. I'll wait the 25 minutes. Just have me go sit down. Mm-hmm. And when we finally went and sat down, I was like, please, God, just let me stand up. Because, yeah. Raven, these chairs. I thought I was about to make a whole different type of memory. Yeah, they, they don't they, they're not built for for people like you, right? No, I, I mean, it was made out of at first. I, I do want to say, though, shout out to the chair. Because the okay. fact the fact that the chair lasted through the whole ceremony being made out of approximately one pound of plastic. Yeah. Um that, compared to my to more than that sitting on it, like I don't yeah, know. Casey I don't know like how. 10 pounds, don't yeah, you guys I do. know? It's a big deal. Um and Small I do deal. mean big. Light deal. Um so <laughs> Then it was just, you know, I, I got a really stupid sunburn from my cap mm-hmm. because honestly, it was sweltering that day. It was like 92 degrees. Oh, yeah. And it was it was the hottest day that we've had. And yeah, I warm, you know, I'm getting ready and it never even occurred to me to put on sunscreen because it's like we're not going to be out here, but for an hour and a half. I play outdoor shows that are longer than that and don't mm-hmm. worry about sunscreen. Um, yeah. And I got, I have a huge horizontal line across my forehead now mm-hmm. from my graduation cap. Um, but yeah, it was fine. I'm done with that and I'm mm-hmm. ready to party. Yeah. No, that story is exactly why I didn't do my general class commencement. I might've mentioned yeah. it on the show already. But my mom called me and she was like, hey, what, what time is commencement for IU? And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm not going. And she goes, what? What? Why? And I was like, I'm not going to go sit outside and listen to a multimillionaire tell me how, how good I am at graduating college. Yeah. For like five hours to stand up and sit down a couple of times. Right. Yeah. Like if I was going to go, I'm going to, I don't know anybody else that would be around me alphabetically. And I'd want to go with some people that I would know. And I would just get drunk. Like while I'm listening to commencement, (laughs) I went to a large school and there's like thousands of students that are graduating in my class. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and just listen to the CEO of Disney. Tell me how to do, how to live my life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, and I didn't go. And everybody's always like, oh, do you miss it? I'm like, if I ever miss it enough, I can find it on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. I I, I gained nothing from being there. As yeah. a matter of fact, I lost about five pounds in sweat. Um, <laughs> it's about to be hot girl Who summer, and I didn't even know. Yeah, it's about to be hot. It's always hot girl summer when we're around, Casey. <laughs> We're the hot girls. Ugh. Oh, God, Raven, what have you been playing these last couple of weeks? I've actually been playing video games. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy, isn't that's, it? I've that's been new. Quite a few. Yeah. Um, I played and beat the entirety of Mass Effect 1 since we last talked. 
start to finish beat Mass Effect 1. Okay. That was about 17 hours. I believe. Did, did you know that I was playing it? Yeah, you said you were going to. You were just okay. waiting I on got the around wind I, to blow the right way. Yeah. yeah, and I did. And so I played it a uh, weekend before last, played it top to bottom, uh, like 90% completion in like 17 hours. And the way the game is set up is that it I forgot to save before I started the final mission, and they're mm-hmm. going to do an autosave, so I can't go back and play it anymore. And I was like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. I, I, was, I was happy with where I was, story completion-wise. Yeah. Um, and then I started Mass Effect 2. I'm probably about halfway through that on about 20 hours of gameplay, which mm-hmm. is good. I, I forgot. I, I had a lot more fun with Mass Effect 1 than I thought I was going to have. Yeah. Mass Effect 1's biggest problem to me is that it's like a typical like RPG where you're looting things from the enemies that you defeat. Yeah. And I'm just like, by the by midway through the game, money wasn't an object. And by the end of the game, I sold enough things to hit the money cap. And then I was like, cool, now I don't need to ever do anything again. Yeah. But I still didn't hit the maximum level. And I was like, yeah, that's weird, whatever. Um, and Mass Effect 2 is meeting every single one of my expectations that I had going into it. It is a wonderful, wonderful video game. One of my top ten games probably ever. Uh, the highlight of the series because it matches gameplay to um, story perfectly. I wish the gunplay was a little bit, or not the gunplay, I wish the customization with weapons was a little bit more there. Yeah. Because it's basically like, here is the kind of gun you can use. Here is this upgraded version. Here is that one's upgraded version. But it doesn't tell you any of their stats. You just have to, like, choose them and then figure out if you like how it shoots, basically. Um, but, yeah, overall, I've been playing that quite a bit. Um, I'm planning on beating that this weekend, hopefully, if I if my calculation about how far into the game I am is correct. Mm. Um, and then from there, I've also been playing through a Pokemon Gold ROM hack called Pokemon Fool's Gold. Okay. Where some developers have taken the entire list of the original uh, 252 Pokemon, and they have completely made new sprites, new typings, and new movesets for every Pokemon. Okay. So, like, so, for instance, um, let me think of, like, I don't know what Pikachu is like because I can't remember, but, like, um, do you know what Totodile is, for instance? No. He's like... Okay, well, so Totodile usually is the water starter in Gen 2. He's like a little blue crocodile, a little blue uh, crocodile on two legs. Okay. He's just a little cute water pipe, right? And then this game instead turns him into a flying pipe. Okay. That he's just in like, he's just in like, he's got like little flags on his back like he's trying to signal in airplanes to land. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. And so it does that for every single individual Pokemon. And I yeah. just think it's super cool. I've been playing through that slowly. Haven't really gotten super duper far into it um, because of all the other games I've been playing, but it's been a good time. Mm. And there's one more game I've been playing, if you'll believe it or not. Okay. Um, I have been playing through Fire Emblem Three Houses again. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I was just sitting around and I was like, you know what? I have been thinking about playing a Fire Emblem game for like weeks now. I've been wanting to play it. 
I play a Fireable mm-hmm. game. I wanted to play the ones on the GameCube and the Wii, but I didn't want to set up my Wii. Yeah. You know how it is. And so I did it. And so I'm playing through three houses on the hardest difficulty, and it's bullshit, and I hate it. Mm. Um, the the way the game makes it harder. So one of the core fundamentals of the game is that you put a unit. Units can't walk through other units, like so that way you can create choke points and make tactical advantage to have your defensive people on the front line, and then have your squishier people in the back, kind of pelting them with um, ranged weaponry and attacks and stuff. Okay. But this game, every single enemy that I fought has the ability tack, which lets them just walk through my unit. And so I'm constantly, like, having to, like, reassess how my entire formation is built. Because if I even leave one hole directly behind any of my units, they can get to my squishy units and I'm dead. And I have to, like, restart. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, this is kind of boring. Um, So I played through it slowly, but yeah. It's, it's like one of those things that like the harder difficulties the harder difficulties in games aren't necessarily that they've made it difficult they've they've circumvented how the game mechanics work to make give it the illusion like to make it more difficult which kind of if that makes sense mm. like you know one of the core gameplay principles of fire emblem is that you're supposed to sit down and go oh okay um i can block units but then this entire game is like no you can't block units on the hardest mm. like you just like, they're going to get through your lines, and you have to deal with that. Or in, like, some of the Digimon games, um, like in Cyber Sleuth, its hard mode is just you get half of the amount of experience points. So it doesn't necessarily make the game harder. It just means that you have to grind more. Right. Which I guess is difficulty to some people, but it's not a fun difficulty, right? Yeah. Like... I don't know. And then, like, Pokemon Black and White, right? Some of the most highly regarded games of all time. It's hard mode, or Black and White 2, the only hard mode. It's the only Pokemon game to have a hard mode, and it just increases the level of all opponents' Pokemon by five, Mm. which is a pretty significant boost, but it doesn't really change a whole hell of a lot outside of, like, their strongest stat might get up to plus 15. So, Mm. I don't know. I, I could go on a rant about difficulty in video games and, like, how difficulty should be and how it actually is. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to spare us the details. Um, so, I've been playing a bunch, Casey. What have you been playing? Oh, boy. So, after I recorded with you last, I was I was at the tail end of a bunch of, like, movie watching and being busy and a lot of crazy stuff. So I decided that I even told Nia, like, I'm going to start playing games again. A lot of yeah. games. Um, right. So I did. And, <laughs> um... So the first thing I was like, man, I really want to like, I know I'm somewhere close on uh-huh. um, Horizon. So I want to hunker down and finish that. Um, yeah. So one night I had a few hours and I was like, all right, let's set ourselves up for the ending here. And I beat the game. Oh, 
I was literally like you... two and a half hours from the end. I was three main story <laughs> missions from the end and had already done all of the side stuff. Wow. Um, that's... <laughs> that's so I also, but, but you beat it. Yeah, and platinumed it. I platinumed it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for um, you. Very, very fun, very attainable platinum. Um, so I've been playing a little bit more Kirby here and there. Um, not a ton. Uh, every time I go back to it, I want to less. Really? Yeah. It j- I don't know, man. It just, once you get enough of the formula at a certain point, it just, I don't know. It's starting to fall off how, for me. How far are you in now? Uh, I think I'm like midway through the desert. Like what? Through the desert? Yeah. Okay. I I would say to hold on because there's only so much Kirby left. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Like you're 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 nearing the end of the game, and all of the levels in the last couple of in, in that world and the other any possible remaining world. Um, are pretty fun. You, I think Emily and I got through midway through Stan through the end of the game in like three or four hours. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely. I want to finish it. I don't like giving up on games, uh, unless yeah. it's just really, really not connecting with me. Um, yeah. I, however, introduced Nia to, mm-hmm. and we have been playing a ton of. Mm-hmm. The Stanley Parable. <laughs> yeah. Ultra Deluxe? Ultra Deluxe. Yeah. So the first thing I will say is that as somebody who is familiar already with the Stanley Parable, mm-hmm. I was very pleasantly surprised by how good the new content is. Yeah. It I is, haven't played it yet. It is so much fun. Yeah. Um, and basically the deal is once you run um, through the game a few times, mm-hmm. then there is a door that opens before your um before your left mm-hmm. or right choice that just says new content <laughs> and if you walk yeah. through the door the new content starts and it is mm. so much fun um yeah. and also it's not just DLC it's not just new content it changes the base game it mm-hmm. makes it completely different so I was watching a little bit of gameplay of a streamer I watch, or I, I watch from time to time, named Doug Doug. And a fun fact of the day, his brother is the writer for the Stanley Parable. Mm. Um, and so he brought his brother on to talk about Stanley Parable's game design and like talk about it as a game and like walk play with him through the game essentially. Just have a good time hanging out with his brother, right? Yeah. And Emily and I watched about 45 minutes because we, we were watching Stanley Parable. We're like, okay, maybe we won't buy the new one. Because her and I have both played the original. Mm. 
and we're just listening to them talk. And 45 minutes later, we're like, all right, we're going to stop watching this. Yeah. Because watching this has made us want to play the new stuff. Like, we just got to the door that says new content. Yeah. Or they had just gotten to it. And we stopped watching because we're like, okay, we just got to we gotta experience it for ourselves. Yeah. So I'm going to pick it up soon. But, but the important part here is that at the beginning of the game, it goes, have you ever played the Stanley Parable, yes or no? Mm-hmm. The only thing that that changes is that if you select no, the new content door gets bigger. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> that's all that happens. Um, from what the from what the writer was saying, he's like, yeah, it was just like it's like he's like it's the same thing. It's just a larger larger door. And I was like, that's really funny. Yeah. And it's like perfect. And I just I love I love crows crows crows. I think Stanley Parable. Stanley Parable was the very first game I ever bought on Steam, the original one. Mm-hmm. And it's what made me make a Steam account. Yeah. Um. So I've been collecting data. Um. Yeah. Because. Nia wanted to show the Stanley parable to people once she had played it. Um, because yeah. once you play it, you want to show it to people. That's just... Yeah. It's such it a an experience that everybody needs to have. Yeah. So, she was like... We had um, the my friends over, we were recording the movie podcast or we were watching a movie mm. and we, we were eating beforehand and she was like, give him the Stanley parable. I want to see what happens. I'm like, Nia, I can't do that. And she's yeah. like, why? And I'm like, because we're too far in because yeah. once you play through the new content in many ways, there's no going back. Okay. But there is, but it isn't, but it's not the, it's not the experience. So I was like, you know what? I'm buying it. So <laughs> yeah, uh, Nia had bought it on her Switch. I bought it on my Switch and downloaded it. Yeah. Yep. And so now but- we have the, um, we have one where the new content is activated and we can do whatever. We have one where the new content hasn't been activated and we can do whatever. So, we gave it to okay. my friend Zach, and he got the Adventure Line ending, the Confusion ending, his yeah. first go. So funny. Adventure and then Line is so good. His, I think that's probably I'm my favorite. He knew, I'm surprised he knew to jump. Did you guys tell him to jump off onto the uh, scaffolding? No, 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 no. Not that Adventure Line. The, um, That's the only adventure line that I know. No, it, it's the one where you um, choose the right door, and then before you go back, you oh, get in the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it the narrator the one I'm keeps restarting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, because th- and Wait, this was a big deal. I did yeah. not interfere at all. I just yeah. wanted to see what Which happened. Is- which is what you should do if you are if you are out there are playing Stanley Parable. I spoiled myself on the original one, so I knew what was going on. Please, if you've never watched it, do not and go play it. Yeah, I cannot recommend highly enough to just go and play this game completely blind. I'm, Emily and I are having a friend over tomorrow. We're going to grill out and hang out, 
and I might buy Ultra Deluxe for my Switch so she can play it for the first time. Dude, yes, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it is, that is the kind of game, it is the perfect game to hand to somebody who's never heard of it and be like, play it. I cannot because recommend that you do is, that enough. Yeah, there is one button, or there's one control, and it's move. And there's one action, and it is click. Yeah. And that is all you do. But it is written so beautifully, it is so funny, and it's just such a good parody on what video games are that it is highly worth the time of anybody who wants to play it. And I cannot recommend it enough. And it's it's, it it's right weird now. because it's it's a paradox too, because it yeah. gives you the illusion of choice while not ever giving you choice, but in not giving you choice, but giving you the illusion of choice, it actually gives you choice, but it's always thought one step ahead. And it's, I don't know, it's crazy. So it's crazy. Speaking in vague terms though, for the uninitiated. So Zach's first playthrough, he got, he went down the elevator and got the confusion. And then, um, the second run, he was a good, good boy all the way up until he hit the on button rather than the off button. Uh-oh. Um, so then he was playing through it more, and his boyfriend Ivan, who is the very definition of a golden retriever, um, <laughs> came over, and we, we exited out, and we gave mm. it to Ivan. And Ivan's first playthrough... He got the confusion ending going down the elevator. <laughs> and then his second yeah. playthrough, he was a good, good boy up until he hit the on button. <laughs> That's crazy. So that was um, last Wednesday. Thursday, I graduate from college mm-hmm. and Nia's parents are over at my house later. Nia says, hand yeah. my dad the Stanley parable. And I'm like, absolutely, oh. I can't wait to see what an engineer does. Yeah. yeah. So his first playthrough, he got the confusion ending by going down the elevator. And his second playthrough, he was a good, good boy until he hit the on button instead of the off button. There's no way. It's been How going guys, the like, same not- every time. And I'm starting to wonder if there's some subtle psychology of when it says, you know, went through the door on his left. You're like, <laughs> uh-uh. And then you yeah. do that and you're like, oh, I actually, I probably should. You know, you're like shaming yourself yeah. and then you go through. But then the big red button on the elevator is too much. So you do that. Yeah. And then that the confusion ending goes so wildly off the rails that the next time you're like, I'm just sticking to the story. But then you get all the way Mm -hmm. to the end and that on button is there and you're like, I'm going to do it. Like, I think there's some subtle psychology to it, which is just, it's been fascinating. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, I, I, I am going to buy this game after we're done with the call just so I can see how my friend reacts to it because I want to see if she also does the confusion ending. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm going to show it to everybody now and I'm never going to do the new content on my system. That way I can just keep showing it to people forever and ever. I've got Nia's system for that. Um, Exactly. 
so there's one more thing that I've been playing. And we uh-huh. have like 12 stories and we're a half hour into the show. And besides, I haven't had enough time to <laughs> properly formulate my opinion yet. Okay. But I decided that it was time. So I have put about 15 hours or so into Cyberpunk 2077. Oh. On what? platform on playstation 5 i remember i pre-ordered it so i've had this copy just lying around my ps4 version yeah and so i put it in my ps5 and upgraded to the ps5 version and i have been playing it and i most certainly have thoughts some are good some are Mm -hmm. bad yeah um but it's definitely Without without spoiling anything of what I'll try to get into next week, you can tell that you're playing a piece of history. Yeah. And that's really the most that I can say without getting into it too crazy. But okay. I will say so far, though, my overall impression of the game is that I actually am having a lot of fun with it. And I really am enjoying going around the open world, doing side quests, like just spending some time listening to podcasts and, and being weird in night city. Um, yeah. So all the dildos around. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But, and there's, Uh, like I said, there's definitely some weird parts about it, but I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's gotten a lot better since launch. And like I said, I'm waiting for a time that I can pick it up for about 20 bucks. Um, well, it consistently um, goes on sale to 30. I, I will tell you because, um, as luck would have it, you are soft planning on, um, swinging around on May the 29th in Columbus. Possibly. Um, yes. Right now, and I sold a copy of it today, so I know. Right now, Cyberpunk mm-hmm. is sixteen ninety nine at Disc Replay. Ooh, that is tempting. And the it, biggest it, problem is it is hovers that, right around there. See, the problem is that if I want to pick it up, I want to get it on Steam, and also I want to get it to update it because I'm not playing base Cyberpunk. So I I have to. Interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to consider it. Yeah. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to think thing. about it. Yeah. Just, just because, you know, being without super reliable internet, right? As soon as I connect my PS5 to the network, it's going to take <laughs> yeah. every single game I have installed, all five of them, and be like, all right, it's time to update everything like eight times. It's going to be unusable for a couple of hours. Yeah. Hmm. But otherwise, that's good to know. And plus, I just think it might be nice to, like, it feels like a game that would be really good with a keyboard and mouse. So. Yeah, if, if, if you, I mean, if you, if you like open world and, and shooting with a keyboard and mouse, yeah. then it, it's probably good for you. Yeah. Nothing wrong. It's, and it's fun sometimes to just, you know, the, the, statement, the saying is to click some heads, and it, there's nothing wrong with clicking heads. Sometimes it's therapeutic to just, like, hang out and just shoot people on an e- on a, in a slightly easy game, right? Yeah. That's the draw. 
Easy would not be the way that I would describe it. No? No, and that's because... We'll talk next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, definitely don't go in thinking it's a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. Um, some of it I Got think it. is by design. Some of it I don't think is by design. So, sure. Raven, it is time to get to my favorite segment because it's the only thing that makes us go fast. And that is another edition of Rapid Fire News, which Raven has never, ever said before. Rapid Fire News? That's so many syllables. Why are we saying rapid fire when we can say quick? Why well, use lot words when few words do quick? When few words do trick, yeah. There's, <laughs> we're wasting daylight by saying rapid fire. All right, so then I quick, guess quick, quick. let's get into the quick news. Now, quick news. Assassin's Creed, story number one. We don't really have anything to report <laughs> here, but we are suspicious. Assassin's Creed is definitely, they're definitely making another pirate game, right? Yeah, like they have to be. Like, so if you've not looked at the Assassin's Creed Twitter recently, they're constantly po posting stuff exclusively about either Assassin's Creed Origins, which makes sense because it revitalized the system or the formula or the game series franchise. That's what I was like. Um, they're posting about Valhalla. Obviously. Some combination of every Assassin's Creed game, right, which those two make perfect <laughs> sense. Your most recent game and every game is always a good thing to post about. But they're posting a lot. About Black Flag in particular. Like, there a week doesn't go by where I message Casey on Twitter and I'm like, hey, check out this Black Flag tweet of the week. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, today, it, it's like it was today and it was last week and the week before. It's like, it feels like they're constantly promoting it, which is strange. And I get why. If, if it isn't a game, it's obviously because the game is really good. If they're not making a new one, I understand. But it's just one of those things of just like, what are they planning? Yeah, besides the fact that next year is the 10-year anniversary of Black Flag. It was released in 2013. So yeah. it's not even like they're just like, oh, this is Black Flag year. Yeah. Because they would have, if it was Black Flag year, they would have made more of a note of it, too, yeah. right? They've been very coy about it. Um. I have to be careful about where I stop writing assassin on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so let's see. So today's tweet about Black Flag. Yesterday's tweet is talking about Origin, Odyssey, and Valhalla, naturally. Uh, the 16th is the Creed. The 15th is, Val is um, all of them. The 14th is Origin. Uh, let's see. So today... Maybe maybe it isn't as bad as we thought because I'm all the way back in. No, April. I would I would say oh. it's it's a it's about once to twice a month. Yeah, but we don't see that much with the other games. Yeah, right? it's it's like, enough I've to where it's no. Yeah, I I see so much more about Black Flag than I do about Assassin's Creed anything with SPL, which is crazy. Because SC, a lot of people, Casey and I included, consider the SEO trilogy the, the pinnacle of the series. The definitive, because indeed. Yeah. Um, 
and obviously, you know, going into April is a bit weird because they were into um, really big advertising of um, uh, Ragnarok yeah. at this time. So it's really difficult to um, actually find all of the stuff for Black Flag. But no, they're, they're definitely planning something. And I'm not sure who, what, what it is. Yeah, and Casey and I are suspicious, but we're going to hear more about it probably this year. Next at Polygon by Nicole Carpenter, Blizzard may be facing a class action lawsuit over the Hearthstone card packs. Now, this sort of Raven just found this and read it before we started um, recording. So, um, Raven, what's do- what's happening here? Okay, so, sorry, I took a drink of water and started yawning because I figured you are going to explain a little more. Um, So, Blizzard is facing a class action lawsuit, but not for what you think. It's for Hearthstone and uh, possibly violating gambling privacy laws. And uh, not gambling, not selling gambling products to children underage, kind of like loot boxes, Mm. right? Uh, Which we'll get into later. But the core idea is that some kid in Arizona used her father's credit card to, over the past few months, buy packs of Hearthstone cards with real money. And has spent probably $300 in the past six months. Which is a standard amount, a pretty fair amount of money to lose, especially if you don't know what's going on. Um, So they have gotten lawyers. The the father got hired some lawyers, and they're bringing a class action lawsuit to basically be like, hey, card packs are gambling too. Because the, the, the direct quote that the lawyers have been using is that the girl said, quote, I didn't even get anything good. Mm. So it's obvious that there is chase items in these products that they are selling for a real tangible currency. Yeah. Um, this is important because obviously Blizzard is under a lot, a lot of scrutiny as of late. Um, but outside of that, I play a lot of card games and I buy a lot of card packs. And so depending on how this goes, it might change how every card pack looks anyway, right? Yeah. Part of the, the difference could be is that you're gambling for something that you, ha- that you tangibly can never hold in your hand. Um, but it's hard to say. I think that it's a very interesting case that I want to keep an eye on. Um, because it, 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 this isn't the first time that people have tried to say that loot boxes are gambling. And again, I would probably agree that they are with how much I buy packs of cards, right? Yeah. I'm never buying a pack of cards and going, oh, look at this 10-cent rare that I got. You know, I'm always like, oh, my God, maybe I'll get the $30 card or the $15 card from this set. Yeah. You know? Um which is really damaging on young children. Um, I'm very interested to see where this case goes in the next couple of months. And I'm interested to see kind of what other news might come of it and how it impacts other card games too. Because if this does pass and this is considered damaging, it is going to mess up. It's going to mess with the supply chain of all other card games. And it's, I'm interested to see how even like, especially smaller games handle this sort of whatever decision comes up with. And then we have to think about, like, where is the line 
to yeah and it yeah it just opens this whole other can of worms right because is it is it a problem because it's a digital only media or is it a problem because it's gambling right yeah and i mean like when i put it like that it sounds like i'm very biased and it's partially because i am but you know that's that's just kind of something you have to think about and it's the same logic that was behind loot boxes right you you don't have any sort of tangibility on loot boxes so you have to age restrict being able to purchase one and like that's why i don't think and i could be mistaken on this but it could be my inexperience with fortnite but i don't think that fortnite does loot boxes am i correct i don't think well okay the question with loot boxes was never um, the loot boxes themselves. It was the situations wherein the loot boxes give you like high level items. Yeah. And it, it, it when it was a pay to win scenario, I think that I think that Fortnite is just cosmetics. Yeah, but and I, that, I, I and think they do have microtransactions. And that's a good point, right? And there have been laws that have come out. Like, I play Pokemon Masters. You know, I'm, I'm a big gotcha game guy, which is – I'm surprised I said that correctly on my first try. Um, but in Pokemon Masters, every single unit that is in a banner has its pull rate specifically mentioned. So, like, they just dropped a new unit. If I was to go, I could see that he has a 2% pull rate. All the three-star units combined have, like, a 75% chance. Right. And that's because of gambling laws in other places. Right. Like overseas, it's like, oh, no, this is like very detrimental because it's like the units of Pokemon Masters obviously aren't just cosmetics. Right. So, yeah, it has a lot of implications, especially with Hearthstone, where, you know, like I said, I'm not buying. Usually I'm not buying a pack of cards for a common. Uh, usually I'm buying it for a big money rare, which I, is infrequently gotten. Mm. So. Let's see. Quick news. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> over at the Associated Press, the World Video Game Hall of Fame, eighth class, the class of 2022, has officially been announced. This year's four inductees are Miss Pac-Man, Dance Dance Revolution, Sid Meier's Civilization, and The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. This class of 2022 was chosen from a field of finalists that also included Assassin's Creed, Candy Crush Saga, Minesweeper, NBA Jam, Parappa the Rapper, Resident Evil Rogue, and Words with Friends. It, of course, is important to note, friends, that all of these games will make it into the Hall of Fame sooner rather than later. The, this is like the 20th games that have, like, there's only 20 or 25 games in the game Hall of Fame yet. They're kind of taking it slow. So uh, we do have to give it some time there. But uh, Raven, overall, remember this is quick news. A worthy list. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good list. I may not personally be a fan of Ocarina of Time, but I would be remiss to, to like, neglect its importance on the gaming landscape as we see it, right? I think it makes sense. All of these games ex extremely deserve to be here, and it's really, really cool to see that. And I'm always excited to see what the Video Game Hall of Fame inducts every year. Now, my friends, it's time for a little bit of a preview roundup. First things first. All of the preview content for Multiverses dropped today, and so far, people really like it? Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. Raven, you're more plugged into the fighting game community than I am. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen today? Uh, so I've seen a lot of people like saying that it's fun to play, right? Which is obviously the important part of fighting games. Uh, I also didn't know that Multiverses was almost strictly a 2v2 game, and that's how they're advertising it as a fighting game. Mm. Which has a lot of implications on how the events are having to be run. Um, but so far, I mean, everybody that I've seen talking about on Twitter just says it's a good time to have. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to play, and it's important that it is because it's free to play. And so yeah. they can sell you characters, which I think is an excellent business model. Because if I'm going to play, I, you know, Smash Ultimate, one of the better fighting games released in the past five years, has a roster of almost 80 characters, or over 80 characters. I can't remember off the top of my head. And I don't need all those characters. Yeah. I, I play, like, five, right? And so, like, being able to go, like, okay, I'm going to play uh, Marvel Multiverses. I'm going to play Shaggy. I'm going to play Taz and Tasmanian Devil, and I'm going to play Wonder Woman, which is a really weird lineup to, to say I'm going to play. But, on, but having access to only choosing those three characters and not having to worry about purchasing others is kind of nice. Yeah. The problem becomes, how does this impact local tournament scenes? Because I already know for a fact that getting people to bring in setups of, so they can play games at tournaments at weekly is hard enough in person without having to be like, and you have to buy each additional character for $6. Yeah. Like, obviously for Smash Ultimate, we've liked it when people had the DLC, and usually people did because they enjoyed it. But pitching a game that has a smaller base roster and then letting them purchase characters means and depending on how many they release not mm. everybody's going to have every single character right yeah and i i think it's i'm, I'm interested how that goes but for, the, for overall people have said they've had a lot of fun with it both in closed beta and in current open beta up next we have previews that have released for saints row and let me tell you what as much as we have a tendency to forget that saints row is even happening the people who have previewed it seem to like it actually quite a bit this was a hands-off demo that these people in the press did and they've said that it evokes feelings of burnouts It evokes feelings of just cause, and of course, the easiest thing that you can say is, of course, in many ways, it does represent Grand Theft Auto. Raven, Mm -hmm. this is one of those games that I know for a fact I'm going to play, and I know for a fact Mm -hmm. I'm going to have fun with it, because it's just kind of like my style of game, and... yeah. As I've been playing through Cyberpunk 2077 and as I've been having my fun with it, I've thought to myself, you know what, man? Saints Row is going to be fun. It, like, made me think (laughs) of Saints Row again because I like these types of games. They're just, those kinds of games are just a riot, right? They're just fun to sit down and play, and they're just a lot of fun to hang out and it's super easy to just go like, all right, I'm going to play Grand Theft Auto today. And by playing Grand Theft Auto, I mean I'm going to go commit Grand Theft Auto and run over like eight pedestrians, what? ramp what? off of this ramp, go through a hoop, and land on a helipad on a bicycle. In the game. We'll go with that, yeah. 
June 21st, Fall Guys is going free to play, launching on PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, and the Epic Games Store. This is going to be massive, Raven, I think, because, you know, you're just hitting that point where people have sort of forgotten about Fall Guys a little bit, and now... It's going to be free. There's going to be ads. It's going to be a complete rejuvenation. The devs are going to be able to uh, make some money off of cosmetic loot packs. And uh, everybody is uh, going to have a fun time finally coming to the Xbox, finally coming to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. I think those are the biggest parts of it. Um, Them coming to Switch is super, super huge, and especially being free to play. And it's just like, yeah, I can just... Because Fall Guys has always just been a perfect little party game that you just like hang out and play on your Switch, right? Mm. I love, I love that you can just like, you don't have to play it on the TV now. I, you, I, I'm such a sucker for my Switch, but it's like nice to be able to sit on the couch and just like, dink around with it, right? Exactly. So, it, it's just, it's, it's just great. Um, and it's I'm and it's it's great look- for couch co-op. It's great for co-op when you're in a party. It was the perfect mm-hmm. thing during like the pandemic time. It was just God. Fall Guys I really isn't so like Fall a Guys special game, out. honestly. Yeah, I, it's the only reason. Like, it's a shame I stopped playing Fall Guys because I didn't have a lot of fun with it. But you know, it's one of those things. It's just like not enough stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I played season one. And it wasn't super fleshed out. And there have been more games that have been added, but I stopped playing right before their season two came out, like right before they added yeah. holiday stuff, because all of our all of my friends were burnt out by that point. And I don't personally like playing Fall Guys by myself. It's the perfect kind of game you play with people. Exactly. You know? It's like you don't play Jackbox by yourself. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. Exactly. Granted, I don't play many multiplayer games by myself. Um, Via Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN. Scientists have invented mouth haptics for VR. I'm going to stop right there. I'm not reading this. I just want to say. Yeah. What is our over under? What is our over under? What is our over under on how long, Raven? (laughs) On how long it's going to take. Take to what? Shut up. You know what I'm talking about. So, I am going to tell you that it's less than you expect, right? As somebody who looks at Steam's new releases and top sellers, uh, just to see if there are any interesting games that I'd be that I'd want to play, you'd be shocked with how much porn game is there. Yep. Uh huh. It, it's it's just so much, you know. Yeah. And like. I give it like three years tops. Oh, I don't know if it'll take that long. Uh, yeah, it all depends. It all so depends like, on how so, soon it's readily available to people. Yeah, now, from the exactly. moment that the mouth haptics, <laughs> from the moment that this is readily available to people, I give it a month. Yeah, it won't be good off the. Well, I mean, what is good? via video games chronicle over uh (laughs) andy robinson reports nintendo says the transition to its next console is a major focus 
for us. The company wants to alleviate the risk of resetting its user base, says Shuntaru Furukawa. This is something that we've been talking about for a while. Mm-hmm. And here is here is one quote that I think is very, very important. On the other hand, looking back on past experiences of generational change, such as the change from the Wii and Nintendo DS eras, we recognize that one of our tasks is ensuring the transition to future generations of hardware as smooth as possible. To that end, we are focusing on building long-term relationships with our consumers. While continuing to release new Nintendo Switch software for consumers to enjoy, we aim to maintain relationships across hardware generations through services that utilize Nintendo accounts and by providing opportunities for them to experience our IP through other non-gaming channels. Obviously, one of the things there that they're talking about is like this Mario movie, right? That's happening. Mm -hmm. But... This is okay. This is important for a number of reasons, but potentially chief among them is the fact that this is the first time that we have really heard Nintendo even acknowledge that the Switch wouldn't just last forever. Yeah. They've always just been like, nope, no new Switch. It's just going to stick around forever. And to be clear, I mean, why would they stop anytime soon? It's still selling yeah. like hotcakes. So. Yeah. It's harder to find a Switch than it is an Xbox Series X, you know? Yeah, it is. Although, I don't know, if the store that I work at is any indication, that is starting to turn around a little bit. Uh, we've actually got like five or six Switch OLEDs that are just sitting. Really? Interesting. I guess I guess the people who would want to switch OLED mar- is pretty small in the market, right? Yeah. You want to switch OLED either because you don't have a Switch, so you... So the people who have a Switch aren't going to buy a Switch OLED unless they're us who care about that tiny upgrade because I play 99% handheld. Yeah. And if you don't play handheld, right, you don't get any sort – there is no other performance game that you get. Mm. And so you're just like, I'm just going to wait for whatever the Switch Pro ends up being. Yeah. And that's what people are doing. In... I am interested to see what. Sorry, I'm going to mention one thing. Do I'm interested to see how how far they'll go into making sure we can continue to play Nintendo games on other platforms. Yeah. Um, I, I'm worried that the cartridge base of the Switch is going to not last forever. So I'm hoping that they do go back to discs, especially go to Blu-ray, and then still give us a way to play Switch games on whatever the new flagship ends up being. Yeah. Big ask, but I think it's a fair ask. Up next, the Dead Space remake has gotten a release date and a lot of brand new concept art. The full reveal will arrive this Halloween, and the Dead Space remake will be put out January 27th, 2023. Cool. Dope. In other news... Epic is going to release an Unreal Engine 5 editor for Fortnite, and people will be able to monetize their creations. Says Ryan Dinsdale at IGN, Epic Games is releasing an open-to-everybody Unreal Engine 5 editor for Fortnite and will let creators monetize what they make. CEO Tim Sweeney told Fast Company that around half of players' time in Fortnite is spent playing other users' content, and Epic Games want to make that, wants to make that experience more full 
fully fledged through the editor with the ability to monetize that custom content. He says, we are going to release the Unreal Editor for Fortnite. The full capabilities that you've seen opened up so that anybody can build very high quality game content and code and deploy it into Fortnite with having to, without having to do a deal with us. It's open to everybody. Um, Raven, once again, we are in a situation where it is, man, it's good guy epic. Yeah, no, this is, this is great. They are, they recognize that other, that people are already making custom content. They have to talk to Epic to get it in, and if they do, it's great. But now they're just like, yeah, make your own maps, make your own gameplay modes. Like, we'll monetize it, you know, you can make your own character skins or whatever. I'm not mm. sure exactly what they're saying that you can edit and you can monetize on your own. But the fact that they're even just like, yeah, just do it, is great. You know, a lot of game developers get their start in making mods and making um, packs and stuff for their favorite games, right? Yeah. Stanley Parable, which we went on about for 15 minutes earlier, was originally created in the Source engine as a hobby project, as a mod of Gary's mod or of... Um, uh, what is the big? I, I I am drawing such a blank right now. Are you speaking uh, of Half Life? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it started and it started as like a big passion project from those. And now look at them, right? They have made it. They've made separate studios. Those developers have, and they've worked together on Ultra Deluxe mm. and stuff. And it's just great. I, I think it's super. I think it's super cool to see like developers continually making tools to mod their games more accessible and, and even giving a path for monetization i think is really really cool yeah um fun fact about when nia's dad andy was playing stanley parable he said um, mm-hmm. he said the aesthetic of this it, it reminds me of portals <laughs> and i was like i was like yeah there's a reason for that how andy peculiar. How, how peculiar i wonder where that could be uh, no idea. Up next, That's Ubisoft really Plus is coming to PlayStation. This is from Ubisoft. They say Ubisoft will come to PlayStation in the future. Ubisoft Plus, rather, bringing access to more than a hundred titles, additional content packs, and rewards to the platform. The subscription service is already available on PC, Stadia, and Amazon Luna. Um, I see why they're coming to PlayStation. Um, Mm -hmm. offering players day one releases classic games and premium editions and ultimately will be available on PlayStation and Xbox. Ubisoft Mm -hmm. also revealed that beginning May 24th, it will launch a new Ubisoft Plus subscription for PlayStation Plus called Ubisoft Plus Classics. Classics on Mm -hmm. PlayStation is a curated selection of popular games, including top-selling Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and some other games. I'll read the full list here in a second. Uh, it will launch with 27 titles and will grow to 50 by the end of 2022. It is important to note, Ubisoft Plus Classics will launch bundled with PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium. Which is like a big deal for me considering our next story in here. But Yeah, no. The full 27 titles list. Raven, are you ready? I'm braced for impact. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, For Honor, The Crew Mm. 2, Child of Light, Mm. Eagle Flight, Mm. Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, along with Far Cry 3 Remastered. Far Cry 4, Legendary Fish... (laughs) 
Okay, legendary fishing. All right, let's go. Uh, risk. Let's go, legendary fishing. <laughs> risk urban assault. South Park, the fractured but whole. South Park, the stick of truth. Space Junkies, Star Trek Bridge Crew, Starlink Battle for Atlas. Interesting that there's a Toys to Life game there. I'm moving on. Steep, The Crew, The Division, Trackmania Turbo, Transference, Trials Fusion, Trials of the Blood Dragon, Trials Rising, Valiant Hearts, The Great War, Watch Dogs, Werewolves Within, and Zombie. Raven, is there anything surprising to you in that particular list? Uh, you already mentioned the Toys to Life game coming to the platform because the PlayStation currently doesn't have a good way to read NFTs, um, but a little adapter could be sold separately, and I'm sure you can buy the old ones. Um, uh, Far Cry 3 and 4, but not 5, is kind of interesting, especially whenever Assassin's Creed Valhalla is available on it and no other Assassin's Creed game is. Yeah, that, that um, was the big one for me. Yeah, uh, I would say that making I, I'm surprised that they didn't include, you know, it's like I could see like Far Cry 5 and Far Cry 3 as well as Assassin's Creed Valhalla and the SEO trilogy, I think would make a really good one. And maybe that's yeah. what they're working on. They're saying it's going to be up to 50 by the end of the year. Maybe they'll add five. Maybe they'll add Valhalla. Maybe they'll add other or, um, SEO trilogy. Last yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Outside of that, no, there was, it seems like a really good lineup. It's just missing a couple of really big pieces, I think. Yeah, for me, The Division instead of The Division 2, when both of them are pretty yeah. old at this point, was interesting to me. Yeah. And Steep instead of Riders Republic was very interesting to me. Because Riders Republic yeah. is like Steep but better, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, you have to keep in mind, too, um, we are currently sitting in a, par a point where... Um, Valhalla has been out for like three years. It'll be three years this fall, right? No. Uh, it's only two years? Correct. Okay, sorry. Well, still, it's been out for two years already, whereas Riders Republic has only been out for one. Mm. At least, okay, at least I hope it hasn't been three years. Um, because I remember playing Valhalla while I was stranded at Nia's apartment while I had COVID and I don't think I had COVID in 2019. <laughs> I don't know if you're, I don't know if that's true. Maybe you did. No, yeah. it was 2020. You're right. Time is a flat. I, I had my year mixed up. Yeah. Now, speaking of PlayStation plus, there have been released a number of games that are going to be involved in PlayStation Plus. So first things first, alongside the uh, the extra and premium, we've talked about this PS4 and PS5 game catalog. Um, now keep in mind that what I'm about to pull and what I'm about to say is just a drop in the bucket. Because we're talking about something that is going to have like 700 games on it at some point and they've released like 50 so mm -hmm. let's let's not go super crazy but i think you'll find that you're going to be pleasantly surprised by what i'm about to say included in this ps4 and ps5 game catalog we have alienation bloodborne concrete genie days gone Dead Nation Apocalypse Edition, Death Stranding, and Director's Cut, 
Demon Souls, Destruction All-Stars, Everybody's Golf, Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut, God of War, Gravity Rush 2 and Gravity Rush Remastered, Horizon Zero Dawn, Infamous First Light, Infamous Second Sun, Knack, Little Big Planet 3, Loco Roco Remastered, Loco Roco 2 Remastered, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Matterfall, Medieval, Patapon Remastered, Patapon 2 Remastered, Rezogun, Returnal, Shadow of the Colossus, Tearaway Unfolded, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, The Last of Us Left Behind, Until, Go- Until Dawn, The Nathan Drake Collection, A Thief's End, and The Lost Legacy, and Wipeout Omega Collection. These are just the first-party games. <laughs> From third-party partners, we have... And all of the games that were mentioned within... Um, Ubisoft are here as well, so I'm going to skip those. <clears throat> yeah. Ashen, Batman Arkham Knight, Celeste, City Skylines, <clears throat> Control, Ultimate Edition, Dead Cells, Final Fantasy 15 Royal Edition, <clears throat> Hollow Knight, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mortal Kombat 11, Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, NBA 2K22, Outer Wilds, Red Dead Redemption 2, Resident Evil, Soul Calibur 6, South Park, uh, I already said that one, The Artful Escape, and that's the last one that isn't Ubisoft. So, all of that combined with the Ubisoft, Raven, especially considering the fact that, like I said, this is a drop in the bucket compared to the games that we're actually going to end up getting, Mm -hmm. the... I think this is a really good value proposition, especially for people who are new to the PlayStation platform. For me, a hundred bucks a year and you have access to many, many games of the year. No brainer. No. Yeah. And I, I remember whenever we originally talked about this, uh, my biggest thing was like, all right, I have to see what games do this because they're asking for $120 a year, right? They're asking for double of what the current price is. And, you know, you said Ghost of Tsushima. You said, or Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut, even. Yeah. All of Ubisoft coll- collection. The new game that's coming out this fall that we're really excited about that I can't remember off the top of my head. In addition to, like, Dead Cells and a lot of other really good, like, indie games. It's a, such a strong lineup. I think they're doing pretty well for themselves. And it's important to keep in mind as well, this isn't even... All of this is available at the $100 tier as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. everything that I just said, you it's basically uh, two extra $20 bills as compared to the, the $60 a, uh, a year subscription anyway. Speaking of that 120, however, and again, this is just what has been announced so far. The classic games catalog, which comes alongside the premium slash deluxe plan. From PlayStation Studios, and these are essentially games that are ported, is this little section. Ape Escape, Hot Shots Golf, IQ, The Intelligent Cube. Jumping Flash, Siphon Filter, Super Stardust Portable, and then from their third-party partners, Mr. Driller, Tekken 2, Worms World Party, and Worms Armageddon. Then we have 
the remasters that are going to be um, put on here, which is from their third-party partners, Bioshock, Borderlands, The Handsome Collection, Bulletstorm, Full Clip Edition, Kingdoms of Amalur, Re-Reckoning, and Lego Harry Potter Collection. However, from PlayStation Studios, we have such classics remastered as... Ape Escape 2, Ark the Land, Twilight of the Spirits, Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud 2, Fantavision, I assume that one's about soda, Hot Shots Tennis, Jack 2, Jack 3, Jack X, Combat Racing, and Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, Rogue Galaxy, Siren, and Wild Arms 3. So far, this also includes these original PS3 games, which will be available via streaming. Crash Commando, Demon Souls, Echo Chrome, Hot Shots Golf, Out of Bounds, and World Invitational. Eco, Infamous, Infamous 2, Infamous Festival of Blood. Loco Roco Corisho. Motorstorm Apocalypse, Motorstorm RC, Puppeteer, Rain, Ratchet and Clank, A Quest for Booty, Kraken Time, and Into the Nexus. Resistance 3, Super Stardust HD, Tokyo Jungle, Wind Vikings Attack, and from their third-party partners, we have Asura's Wrath, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, Devil May Cry the HD Collection, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, Fear, Lost Planet, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, and Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. Once again, keeping in mind that this is just a drop in the bucket, what are your thoughts overall so far on this offer? I'm going to be honest in that none of the games that you said immediately jumped out to me towards the beginning. And it's like there might have been one or two that are like, oh, that might be nice. Um, but for the most part, I'm still mostly thinking I'd be interested in just the $100 here if I was to upgrade, right? Yeah. Because it is an extra $40, and I do get to play a lot of the games that I've been wanting to play, like Returnal and Ghost of Tsushima, without having to pay for them. Because like, if I play both of those games in a year, I'm paying the $100. Yeah. Um, so getting up to the... Um, the remasters and stuff. I'd have to look through the list again and give it a little bit more of a lunch over, but I wasn't super impressed with a whole lot of the offerings and I could have just missed the one or two like really, really big ones that I would have liked, but yeah, not a huge, huge offering. I don't think not, not a lot of like really big ones um, that I would think of. Yeah. For, uh, for me, I would say my overall thoughts consist of to me, the 100 a year for all of those games is mm. like a no-brainer provided of course that you have you don't own too many of them already you have access to internet blah 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 all all of the usual prerequisites but to me that value is certainly worth 100 bucks a year even if it was just them but knowing that there are hundreds of others that are coming on top of those games, which obviously aren't going to be as big of splashes as as the ones that I, I just talked about. But 
I think it's definitely worth a $100 bill as opposed to the 60 that I'm already paying. I do struggle, and part of this is because I have a Steam Deck with a ton of emulators on it, besides the fact that I own most yeah. of these games in the original hardware anyway, but I do find it difficult to take that extra leap to 120 but that's cool yeah. because there are different tiers for reasons. Exactly. I, I think it's super, I think that's where I'm at too, right? I am very excited to get my Steam Deck and do a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of emulation on it. Yeah. So it's like getting that extra tier on the PlayStation was like not that necessary to me. Yeah. Unless they had a bunch of small features that make emulation just so much better than it is on any public available one. Mm -hmm. Well, Raven, one more story. And I think that this is low key. One of the biggest things to ever happen in gaming. And it doesn't seem like it at first until you truly begin to think of the implications. Via Electronic Arts, EA Sports FC is now the future of interactive football or soccer. In short, Raven... EA's agreement to license FIFA, which, by the way, for those that don't know, FIFA, it's not like a, um, it's not like a, a Madden thing where it's like an individually licensed thing. FIFA is the governing body of soccer. Although soccer works weird as a, opposed to other places so other sports but nevertheless EA Sports is rebranding its popular world football video game and ending its long-running partnership with FIFA the company announced that EA Sports FC will be the name of the next game after this one which uh, launches July 2023 Apparently, not too long ago, negotiations between FIFA and EA Sports broke down. Um, FIFA's starting offer was a billion dollars to keep the license. Um, and they wanted to, at the very least, collect at least double the $150 million annually that it receives from EA Sports. And that did not work for EA. Thus, it's going to be the same game. It's going to have the same features. However, it will no longer be officially licensed by FIFA, and instead it will be called EA Sports FC. FC, of course, standing for Football Club. Now, it's interesting because in order to put any NFL team in your game, you have to have a licensing agreement with the NFL in order to put any NBA team or NHL team or MLB team, etc., you have to have a contract with the governing body. This is not the case in soccer. There are so many leagues all over the world. And as it would seem, most of them, and I think this is a, probably a smart decision, but the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, MLS, more to come, 
all of them are staying with EA Sports, FIFA or no FIFA on the cover. So that means that probably a lot of the smaller clubs are going to end up leaving the game, but you can still get Messi on the cover. You can still get Ronaldo on the cover. All of the biggest Mm -hmm. teams, all of your World Cup teams are going to be there. But nevertheless, Raven, after 30 years of FIFA being called FIFA, it's coming to an end. And it's difficult, Mm -hmm. Raven, for me to truly fathom the fact that FIFA is not going to be a game anymore. It's going to be a game. It's going to be the same game, but yeah, this is seismic. It's going to make the exact same game, but it's no longer going to have the FIFA branded. Which, like, if they change to NFL football next year, like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, when Bigfoot became Circle K, And a lot of people just still call it Bigfoot to this very day. A lot of people still call WWE WWF because that's what they grew up on. And don't even get me talking about Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center, right? People call it (laughs) Clip still. People call it um, Verizon still. People call it Deer Creek still. So branding goes a long way with people. And there are, because trust me, I I serve these people for a living. There are people who are like going to be looking for the new FIFA and they're not going to find it. And that's going to like cause them not to buy the game because they get confused. And what does this mean for pro evolution soccer? What does this mean for it? It's crazy because it, it, at the end of the day, it really is just a name change, but what is Madden without the Madden name? You know? Yeah. It's, this is, I don't know any word to describe it other than seismic. Yeah, it's going to be a super big change. And, you know, I'm not super big in sports uh, games, but I do understand the importance of marketing in anything. Although so you, you, are, your... you are now an Indiana Pacers super fan, remember? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not into soccer as a sport, <laughs> or as a game. And... Um. yeah, it's just crazy to, like, consider, like, yeah, I'm not going to have to call it FIFA anymore. Like, while we've been talking, I was like, I haven't checked my free games from PlayStation Plus this month. Then I went and downloaded it, and it was, like, FIFA 22. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's FIFA, that's cool. And I was like, wait, I'm not going to get a call FIFA 23. There is no FIFA 23. Yeah. Um. Crazy. It, it, it's, it's astronomical. I'm interested to see what FIFA tries to do with the name. I, I heard that they were FIFA. shopping it. Yeah. So I mean, may- maybe, maybe now here, this would be wild, right? But what if they go to Konami? Konami, of course, makes pro evolution soccer. What if yeah. they go to Konami and offer Konami the, the FIFA name? Because if yeah. they officially license and I mean, granted, you've got your EA sports, it's in the game or whatever, like that branding is there too, but yeah. When, like, when we talked about is Guardians of the Galaxy going to be a flop? Is Marvel going, uh, is is Avengers going to be a flop? And I'm like, no, it's got the Marvel logo Mm -hmm. on it. It's got name recognition. A lot of people are getting that for Christmas. 
it's going to be the yeah. same. If FIFA creates FIFA football and like they give it to Pro Evolution Soccer, who many already feel is the better game. Yeah. If Konami can swing the money to buy that license, they are making themselves billionaires by paying money because people are going to buy their game thinking it's just the next FIFA. It's wild. It makes you think, uh, were they talking with, do you think that like FIFA was talking to Konami and Konami was like, hey, we'll give you this much money. And, EA, and then um, FIFA's like, oh, maybe we should ask if EA will give us more. And they're like, no. They're like, okay, we're going to go to Konami now. I don't like, know I because that's already in the works. You do have to worry about, especially considering sports are involved, contract tampering yeah. is a huge deal in sports. Sure. So okay. if they have this exclusive agreement, when do the periods begin where you can negotiate with, you know, internally, when is a is a non-compete over? When I mean, there's so much stuff that goes into it, I wouldn't be yeah, able to tell sure. you. But I also wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It's a big no-no in sports, but we're not dealing with sports. We're dealing with sports games, which is a completely different animal. We are dealing, however, with the governing body of a sport, which sure. means yeah. people would get into it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Raven, after these two weeks of news, what are your final words? Why is 2022 so weird? Oh, my God. It's wild, right? Like, stuff just keeps happening. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, who was the one who was going to be like, yeah, um, FIFA is no longer uh, FIFA 22 is going to be the last FIFA game because FIFA is upset about the amount of money. Uh, we're going to have a Dead Space remake. And, um, Nintendo's worried about keeping their fan base, which is something they've never been concerned about. Like there is just so much stuff happening, and we're not even halfway done yet. Can't wait to see what's going to happen this week. Oh, uh, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. We're going to hop off the call, and there's I've been browsing Twitter the last ten minutes because every <laughs> time that we're done recording. Yeah. Uh, all something always breaks, like while we're wrapping up the show, but nothing is broken yet. So I think we're good to end for the week. Good, good, good. Well, Raven, thank you for joining me this and ev- this and most weeks. <laughs> yeah, we gotta start changing it. Uh, well, you know what can never change. Where the people can find us. That's right. Uh, it is Twitter and. Facebook at Making Fun Pod. You can find Casey on Twitter, Instagram, and mostly Facebook at Casey on the Drums. And you can find me on Twitter at RAVN Stadmiller. Um, if you type in RAVNST, I'm sure I will show up as one of the first ones. And if I don't, that's a problem. Um, you can. Branding is important. You're listening. Yeah, it really is. I should have thought it through, but I was I I felt like I outgrew Ravy Baby, and that's just where I was in my life. But you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. From. If you're currently listening to this, congratulations. You found us wherever you find your podcasts from. Make sure you subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. It makes us feel good. Auto download. Um, tell us who you are. I'm really hungry. Me too.
So, what do you say we go ahead and end it here, folks? Thank you so much for listening to us, and thank you so much for sticking with us on this wild ride that we call life. My name is Casey Johnson. He is Raven Stab Miller, and until next time, go out and brighten someone's day. Goodbye!